begin this morning by doing a little poll of the crowd today. We're actually going to base this poll on those who are 40 years old or older. So those that are 39 and down, you're off the hook. Those that are 40 and above. Now, we're not going to check license. We're not going to have anybody testify about their age. We're going to do an honor system, all right? It's just one question for those who are 40 and older. I want you to hear a statement. I want you to think about this statement. My life, think about yourself, my life turned out exactly the way I had it planned when I was younger. My life turned out exactly the way I had it planned when I was younger. Now, that statement is true. If it's true that your life turned out exactly the way you had it planned when you were younger, I want you to put your hand up and leave it up. By just some parts of it. Your life. I know you better not put your hand up. I, I didn't see any hands. Which, first of all, is relieving to me because I kind of assumed that would be the case. That means that no one 40 and above in here that I saw, your life turned out exactly the way you had it planned when you were younger. Now, that means something. That means that those that are in here 40 and above, you have some missed dreams in your life. That means probably you have some disappointments in your life. Possibly you have some regrets in your life. Some dreams were never realized. And it seems like the longer that we live, the more years that we accumulate, the more that becomes true. You know, shattered dreams. Shattered dreams are not just for those who have their sights set on stardom and fame and fortune. No, it's not just the minor leaguer who's trying to make it to the big leagues and they stall out in triple-A ball and never make it to the show. That's not the only people that have shattered dreams. Some dreams are smaller. Some dreams are not, as notor- not with notoriety or anything, but we have missed dreams, shattered dreams. Now, some of them we're okay with missing. We're okay with them never being fulfilled. In fact, some of them we're glad that they didn't come to fruition. We're glad those dreams were never realized. I started out in life and I was thinking about my own life and I wanted to be a businessman. Particularly, I wanted to be a banker. That's what I wanted to be. Then I moved from being a businessman and being a banker to I wanted to be a broadcaster for the Atlanta Braves. That's what I wanted to do. I spent a lot of time growing up watching the Atlanta Braves on TBS. Y'all remember those days? And we would watch the Atlanta Braves. There were no blackout markets, no blackout dates back then. You could rest assured you could turn on TBS and there would be the Atlanta Braves. And so I wanted to be a broadcaster for the Atlanta Braves, but God had other plans for me. And I'm fine with that because God had a better plan. But what about those dreams? Think about your life. What about those dreams that you cherished? It might have been a relationship. It might have been an accomplishment. It might have been a particular career. And that dream was never realized. In fact, that dream may have ended up literally being shattered. What do you do with shattered dreams? That's what I want to talk to you about today. What do you do with shattered dreams? The Lord brought a verse of Scripture 
to my attention this past week, and I don't know exactly why he, he's kind of directing us this way, but there's someone, maybe many here today, that God has a word for you in this direction. And I want to share this particular verse with you because this verse will help us in dealing with shattered dreams in our life. Now, if you'll find the verse, it's in Proverbs chapter 19. The book of Proverbs, a fabulous book. Uh, you can read a chapter a day. It will help you to grow in your wisdom. But I just want to show you one verse in particular today, and we'll, we'll talk about some other scripture, but our focus is on one verse of scripture, and I'm going to read it to you today out of the ESV, all right? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. You read it out of the translation that you brought along today. They're all wonderful translations. But Proverbs 19, verse 21, I want you to listen to the Word of God. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Now, if you're teaching or you're preaching, this verse divides very neatly and very nicely. You have really two parts to it, two main thoughts. You have man's plans and God's plan. Man's plans and God's plan. Let's talk about man's plans for a moment. Notice the Scripture says there are many are the plans in the mind of a man. So I thought about man. So I thought about us. I thought about our lives. And this whole idea of planning, quite a bit came to my mind. And I want to give you five words. If you're taking notes, it should be easy to remember these five and jot them down. They all begin with the letter N. The letter N. Five words about man's plans. Five words about our planning, our dreams, our thoughts, our goals. I want you to notice, first of all, that it is normal. It is normal. Can I just say it's perfectly normal to make plans? I think everybody makes plans. God created us with the mental capacity to think, to plan, to strategize, to figure, and we should use that God-given gift that He's enabled us to do it. We should make plans. It's normal to make plans. But it's not only normal, it's also necessary. Necessary. I, I don't know that we could even function in life without at least making some plans. Now, I think there are some folks who try to function in life without making some plans. But I think it's absolutely necessary to make some plans. You, you've got to have some plans even for this week, at least a little. What are you going to wear? What will you eat? Where will you go? What must you do? And, and if you still have kids at home, there are many plans. And their plans and your plans, and you get them all mixed together, and it becomes quite necessary to have plans to make sure that everything gets accomplished that it should. So we know that planning, it is normal, it is necessary. But I want you to notice the Scripture here says that not only are our plans normal and necessary, they're also numerous. This verse says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man. By the way, boys and girls, when it talks about the man there, it's not excluding girls, it's not excluding women. This is speaking of mankind, because believe me, women have lots of plans too, so I don't want you to be confused about that. We have all sorts of plans in our lives. We can have all sorts of plans. We can have a fitness plan. We can have a financial plan. Some of you have an educational plan laid out for you. And on and on, there's all sorts of plans in life. They're numerous. We've got plans for work. We've got plans for vacation. Probably a lot of you have plans for when we're done here today and you're hoping we'll get done soon so you can enter into your plans. You've got lunch plans. You've got afternoon plans. You've got weekly plans. They are numerous. They're normal. 
they're numerous, they're necessary, but there's a fourth N, and it is the unfortunate one. Sometimes our plans, we'll just say they're naughty plans. Some of our plans are not good. In fact, some of our plans are downright sinful. They go against God. They can harm our fellow man. Some plans are like that. There are people who plan to do sinful things. People who plan to steal and to kill and to uh, maim and to destroy and to molest. Sin entered into the world, and when sin entered into the world, these evil plans, these naughty plans came with that. And there are those who want to steal, kill, and destroy and molest. But as Christians, the Bible says in Romans 13, 14, we're to make no provision, no plans whatsoever to do that which would be sinful, to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we have naughty, I think we also should probably add another in, which is the word nice. Many of our plans, I'm convinced, are nice. That is, they're good. They involve caring for other people. They involve taking care of what God has given to us and entrusted us with and the like. In fact, uh, you planned on coming to church today. I'm pretty convinced of it that everybody here, somebody in your house planned on coming. They may have drug you along, but there was a plan in place to get you here. I don't think where we live and where we are, I don't think anybody was just walking down Red Hill, Mount Vernon Road and just thought, well, look at there, there's a church. I think I'll go check that out. I don't think anybody, that's possible, but I don't think it's probable that happened today. You had a plan to get to church today. And thankfully, you executed that plan. It may not have been very easy. You had a good plan. You had a nice plan. What am I saying? I'm saying this. God is not against our planning. In fact, I'm convinced that God wants us to do planning. But God wants us to plan in a certain way. There's some things you've got to remember about our planning. You might want to jot these two scriptures down, the references. Jot down this reference. Proverbs, we're still in Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16.3 in the NLT, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 16.3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. And it's not just the Old Testament talks about planning. In fact, the book of James, put this reference in your note. James chapter 14, excuse me, James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. James chapter 4, if you go to James 14, you're going to be out of luck. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. I want you to hear what the Bible says, because this really talks about our planning. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. I'll read it in the NLT. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going into a certain town and we'll stay there a year. So you, you hear a plan coming together. It's actually a business plan. We will do business there and make a profit. So you see the business plan, we're going to go to a certain town tomorrow, we're going to stay there a year, we're going to do business there, and we're going to make a profit. That's the plan. Verse 14 of James 4 says, How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say, now listen, here's the key, what you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. God is not against us planning, but God is against us planning while leaving Him out. God wants us to consider Him in our planning. His will. To say, if the Lord wills, we do this or that. Otherwise, we're boasting, we're sinning, 
about our pretentious plans. We must consider God in our planning. And that brings us to part two of our verse here in Proverbs 19. Now we're back in Proverbs 19, verse 21. I want you to latch onto this verse. The first part we've talked about, many are the plans in the mind of a man. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But here's part two. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Your translation may talk about the Lord's counsel that will stand. It's the idea of God's plan is going to stand. Now, instead of the letter N this time, we're going to give you the letter T, and I'm going to give you three P's concerning God's plan. If you're taking notes, notice, first of all, that God's plan is perfect. God's plan is perfect. You say, well, how do, how do you know that, preacher? I know it because he's perfect. And everything he does is perfect. In fact, Psalm 18, verse 30 says it this way, As for God, his way is perfect. His way is perfect. Whatever God plans, whatever God does, it is absolutely perfect. We're not perfect, but God is. And I want you to hang on to that truth because we're going to come back to it in a little bit. Hang on to the truth that God is perfect. We're going to come back to it. But I want to give you a second word here. It's the word purposeful. Purposeful. God is not just haphazard. God is not just, uh, you know, letting things happen as they will. He's working everything out with a purpose. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 says it this way, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works, listen, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, His plan. Your life, Christian, listen, is not being lived out with the idea of chance or fate or luck. I mean, just get those words out of your vocabulary as far as your life is concerned. God is sovereign. God is providentially working out your life. Psalm 37, verse 23 says it this way, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. Think about that. What an awesome verse, Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. We sometimes think this way about God. God's really interested about my church attendance. God's really interested about my tithe. God's really interested about my serving Him. And He is. But can I just remind you, God's interested about you going to school in the morning. Can I just remind you God's interested about the problem you're having with your automobile? God's interested about that financial, that bill that's coming that you, you, you don't know what you're going to do. God's interested. He's, he's involved in every detail of our lives. He directs our step, every detail. And God's plan is perfect and it's purposeful. And here's the exciting thing. It's also prevailing. Did you notice at the end of the verse it says that the Lord's purpose or the Lord's counsel will stand. Some translations have it as prevails. That is, it will remain. It will come out. It will be done. God's plan will be accomplished. You see, He's all-powerful. No man can stop God from doing His plan. The Scripture talks about no man can say to Him, what doest thou? And who can stay His hand or stop His hand? God is going to carry out His will in this world and no one and nothing can stop Him. His plan will prevail. But that's where the 
Struggle comes in. God always wins, but here's where the struggle comes in. Why? Because our plan, man's plans are many, and God's plan sometimes they don't match. Our plan is not God's plan. And that's where the rub comes in. That's where the difficulty comes in. We've got many plans. The man's plans are numerous. And here's what I want to do. I just ask you, 40 years old and older, you had plans. Dreams and goals and things. You had your life kind of your mind. You may not have been formal about it. You thought, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there, I'm going to do that. And you, this morning you said, you look back and say, didn't turn out. Parts of it turned out that way. But the plan didn't come about the way I thought it was. You see, life is not like an old Western. The good guy doesn't always get the girl. I, I couldn't help but think about uh, Roddy Millsap saying it this way. He got the sunshine, I got the rain. He got your loving, I got the pain. He got a lifetime of love to see him through. I got the memories, he got you. He got your good times, I got the bad. He got the sweet side, I got the sad. He got forever to make your dreams come true. I got your letter goodbye. He got you. Life feels like that sometimes. And not just in relationships. And not just between a man and a woman. Sometimes, beloved, it's we, got, we didn't get the job. He got the job. I didn't get the job. We, we get cut from the team. She got the starting spot. I got cut. We didn't get the house we bid on. We had our hearts set up. That was the perfect place and the perfect spot. We could just see ourselves there. Somebody else owns that house now. Life doesn't turn out the way that we had it planned. So what do we do with these shattered dreams? What do we do with these disappointments and these... these times of pain in our life. Shattered dreams, what do we do with them? Well, we do the same thing with them that we do with all of our dreams. Now hear me. We come and we lay them down at the feet of Jesus. We come and we say something like this, Lord Jesus, this is what I want. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Lord Jesus, I have my heart set on this. I, this is my plan. This is what I really want. But I surrender my plan to you today. Not what I want, but what you want. There are three things I want to share with you to help you in that. I found these help in my own life. I've had to practice them in my own life. Let me give you three things to help you in laying them down. First of all, you're going to have to surrender. You're going to have to surrender. You're going to have to acknowledge that He is God and you are not. You don't have to surrender. It's just that simple. Secondly, you're going to have to trust. You're going to have to trust that He is perfect and His way is perfect. Especially when it's painful especially when it makes no sense to you. 
You're just going to have to trust that His way is perfect. You're going to have to trust that He's working all things together for good for you because you love Him and you're called according to His purpose. You're going to have to trust. Third, I would encourage you to remember. You say, what do I remember? Well, let's just start with this verse today. Remember this verse. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the Lord's counsel, the Lord's purpose that will stand. God has a perfect plan. Our plans are not perfect because we're not perfect. You've got to remember what the Scripture teaches. Remember it also that you're part of a much bigger story that God is writing. Your, your life is not just here all by itself. You're in a great big world and God is writing His story in our world and you're one part of that story. And it's not all about you. and It's not all about me. It's about Him. And remember that He has and only wants what is best for you. He absolutely wants what is best for you. And sometimes from a human standpoint, we can't get our arms wrapped around that. And it's painful and it hurts. That's why we've got to come and we've got to surrender. And we've got to trust. We've got to remember these things. You know, as I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but thinking about, it just occurred to me as I was preparing this message. You know, the Bible characters that we admire so much, that we study, have you ever thought about the fact that their lives didn't turn out the way they had planned either? I got to thinking about this. I started thinking about different Bible characters. And, and you name whoever it is. I want you to think about it. Now, you can talk about Moses. You can talk about Joseph over in Genesis. You can talk about the Apostle Paul. You can talk about Mary and Joseph, Daniel, Gideon, Peter, Esther, Rahab, David, Solomon. I mean, pretty much every character, and I didn't pull up every character, but as I thought about these characters, we admire so much Abraham, Sarah. You think about their lives, and they didn't turn out the way that they had them planned. In fact, the more I thought about it, and I think I'm safe in saying this, only one person in the Bible's life turned out exactly the way it was planned. And that was the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. His life turned out exactly the way it was planned. He was eternal and then took on flesh. He fulfilled every prophecy. He did everything exactly the way it was planned. He fulfilled everything and said at the end, it is finished. But everybody else... I mean, going back to the very beginning, Adam and Eve's life. Everybody else. At some point, at many points in their life, they had their life redirected in some fashion by the providence and sovereignty of God. And had they not had their life redirected, we wouldn't even know who they are. Did you ever think about that? If Abram and Sarai had stayed in their original setting, think about it. If Moses, his life had played out the way he had it planned. If Joseph in the Old Testament, if, if Mary and Joseph, we talk about that a lot at Christmas, you know, they had their hearts and their minds set upon this 
you know, they're engaged and they're, they're going to start life together and God says, well, actually, I've got a different thing here. I've I, I got a special task for you. You're going to give birth to the Messiah. What am I saying, beloved? I'm saying this. Bring your hopes, your dreams, your disappointments, your heartaches, and lay them at the feet of the Lord Jesus. He will never fail you. And His plan, His way is absolutely perfect. I look back at my own life and I think if I were to ask that same crowd this morning, the 40 and above, and I don't mean to be picking on y'all, but I am one of y'all, so I can. <clears throat> if I were to ask you this question, are you glad that at least part of your life didn't turn out the way you had it planned? I'm pretty certain that a lot of hands would go up and say, yes, I'm glad that everything didn't. There are a few things I wanted to. There's a few things that did. But there's a few things I'm so glad that God pointed me in a different direction. Remember this, beloved. He loves you. He has your good in mind. And He's directing your steps. So follow Him. He will never fail you. Father, I want to thank You today that You're in charge of our lives. Not left to chance, not left to luck, not left just to figure it out on our own, but You are sovereignly directing our lives as Your children. Now I pray today if anybody's here and they're really struggling in this regard, maybe they're hurting, there's disappointment, maybe even this week there's been some disappointment that's come in their lives that it's really gotten them down. I pray that today that you would encourage them through the truth that you are perfectly working things out in their lives for their good and your glory. Now, Lord, I pray that you would interrupt others who maybe are living life without you. Would your Holy Spirit speak to their heart today? And would you bring them to saving faith in Christ alone? Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us to ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for not letting us have our own way. Thank you for being our loving Heavenly Father. Help us to surrender and trust and follow you, remembering that you have our best in mind. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought a good closing hymn would be 433. I surrender all. The altar is open as it always is here. If there's some matter you need to come and pray about, if we can assist you in some way, we'd be glad to do that. 433, let's stand together and sing, I Surrender All. Mm -hmm.